Well, with that, I want to direct you to your Bibles. Make sure you have those handy. Uh, I love to have a hard copy of the Word of God in hand. Uh, If you don't have a hard copy handy, but you do have a good Bible app, you're welcome to turn to that Bible app on your phone. But uh, ideally, make sure you have a copy of God's Word in your hands. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13 in just a few moments as we continue our study of the greatest sermon of all time, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. As many of you know, I enjoy a good poem. I I like poetry. I especially liked poetry when I was in my later high school and early college years, and I memorized a few poems during that time. Uh, One of my favorite poets of all time is Robert Frost. And one of Robert Frost's best-known and loved poems is called The Road Not Taken. It's an interesting poem. I did a little research on it this last week. He actually wrote this poem in 1915 uh, to kind of poke fun at one of his friends, a fellow poet uh, by the name of, let me make sure I read his name right here, Edward Thomas, who was notorious for being indecisive. He would go on hikes with Robert Frost and they'd be going through a forest and there would be a, a crossroads with two options, two paths they could take. And, and his buddy would stand there and, and take him forever to choose which way to go. And finally, he would choose a path. And after about 10 minutes, he would regret that he hadn't taken the other path. And so Robert Frost wrote this poem kind of to poke fun at his friend's indecisiveness. But most people who've read this poem, including me, take that poem not as a joke, but as a clarion call to choose the right path in life. That poem reads like this. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that, the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves, no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. At the age of seven, I stood at a crossroads and I chose to follow the narrow road. I I chose to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I knew that it wasn't the easy path and it wasn't the popular path. I chose the road less traveled. And I can tell you in all honesty that it was the best decision I have ever made. That decision has made all the difference. I'm calling today's message The Narrow Way. So we're in Matthew chapter 7. Starting in verse 13, I encourage you to read along with me as I read these two verses today. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 13, Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. 
May God bless us as we study and apply his word to our lives today. Every day of our lives, we stand at various crossroads and we have decisions to make. Now, most of these decisions are not terribly important or significant. Uh, uh, Should I eat cereal or a bagel for breakfast? Who cares? (laughs) Should I wear pants or shorts today? Because it's like 115 degrees out. You know, uh, what should I have for dinner? Should I have the beef or the chicken? You know, should I eat Mexican or Italian when I have my night out and go out to a restaurant? Uh, Most of the decisions we face as we stand at the crossroads from day to day are not terribly important decisions. But all of us at some time or another are going to face at the crossroads some really important and consequential decisions. Uh, Decisions like what career should I choose? Uh, What major should I pursue in college? Uh, Where should I live? Uh, uh, Who should I marry? How many kids should we have? Uh, What should I do when those kids are bouncing off the walls and I'm not quite sure what to do? Uh, When I get diagnosed with an illness, how am I going to proceed with treatment? Am I going to get treatment or am I going to choose just to kind of grin and, and bear it? There are these important decisions that any of us have in life. We stand at the crossroads and we have to choose one way or the other. All of these decisions are important, but none of them is as important as the decision that Jesus highlights right here in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus makes it clear that each of us is standing at a spiritual crossroads. And there are two paths in front of us. The first path is wide and well-traveled. And the second path is, is narrow and not as many people take it. He makes it clear in these two simple verses that that wide path that most people travel is the path that ultimately leads to destruction. To put it bluntly, the wide path leads to hell. That narrow path that most people don't take leads to eternal life. To put it bluntly, the narrow path leads to heaven. Jesus turns to us and asks, what are you going to do? Those are the two choices, hell or heaven, the wide road or the narrow road. You've got to pick one. It's time to choose your path. Well, for the past two and a half chapters of this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has been speaking to us and speaking to his followers about how to bring heaven to our little corner of the world. Jesus has taught us what true godly character looks like. He has taught us the difference between God's true righteousness and the hypocritical righteousness of the Pharisees and teachers of the law. He's taught us how to love our enemies and how to give to the poor and how to fast and pray. He's taught us how to trust God and how to judge in the right way. And Jesus turns to each of us here in Matthew seven thirteen, and he asks us, now that you know what it looks like, To bring the kingdom of heaven into your little corner of the world. What are you going to do about it? It's not enough to listen to what I've been teaching you. It's not enough to admire the life that I've called you to live. You have to live it out. It's not enough to believe it and admire it. You've got to live it out. I like how R.T. France says it. He writes, this teaching of the Sermon on the Mount is not meant to be admired. It's meant to be obeyed. That's short and sweet, isn't it? It's not meant to be admired. It's meant to be obeyed. 
If a thousand people walk away from the study of the Sermon on the Mount and say, wow, that was impressive teaching. Jesus is not impressed. (laughs) He's not satisfied with that. He doesn't want anyone to compliment the Sermon on the Mount. He wants us to live it out. Here in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Jesus speaks of two different gates and two different roads. The narrow gate leads to the narrow road and the wide gate leads to the broad road. Now, in verse 14, Jesus uses an interesting Greek word that sheds some light on what kind of road he is calling us to take. The Greek word that is translated as narrow in the NIV translation of verse 14 is translated a few different ways in some other English translations. Give you a few examples. It's translated as difficult in the New King James Version. That narrow road is a difficult road. It's translated as constricted in the New American Standard Version. It's translated as hard in the New Revised Standard Version. So I want you to think about this. That narrow road, the road that Jesus is urging us to take, The road that leads to eternal life in heaven is not just a narrow road. It is a difficult road. It is a constricted road. It is a hard road to travel. Most of you have heard me say that following Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord is not complicated. I stand by that statement. Following Jesus Christ is not complicated. It really boils down to three things. You trust him, you love him, and you obey him. That's Christianity in a nutshell. Trust him, love him, and obey him. It is not complicated, but at the same time, it is very, very hard. Following Christ is difficult. Which leads us to William Barclay's four differences that he points out in his commentary between these two gates. The four differences he finds here in these two verses between the broad gate that leads to the broad road and the narrow gate that leads to the narrow road. He finds four differences between these gates and roads, and I want us to spend a few minutes looking at each of these differences. Let's start with difference number one. The narrow road is the hard road, the wide road is the easy road. I don't think I could say it any more simply than that. The narrow road is the hard road. The wide road to destruction is the easy road. Anyone who tells you that following Christ is easy is lying to you. Once again, it's not complicated, but it's not easy. I'll tell you what's easy. Going with the flow. Following the crowd. Doing what everybody else around you is doing. That is so, so easy. It's the path of least resistance. I want to show you a picture on the screen here. This is an actual gate that leads into a walled city in Morocco. And this gives us an idea of how gates worked in the ancient world. You notice in the middle of this picture is a large opening. And at the bottom of your screen, you can see a number of people walking through that gate. This particular gate could have several cars or trucks driving through it at the same time. Off to the side of that center, you'll notice these smaller openings, these smaller gates where perhaps two, maybe three skinny people could walk through that gate at the same time. 
And so the greatest flow of traffic is through the middle. There's a little bit less flow of traffic through those gates. And something you may not even notice unless someone pointed it out to you is there's this small archway on the far right side that has inside the archway a door, a door through which only one person can pass. This was how they typically constructed gates in ancient cities. They had the center gate where, you know what, half an army could walk through that thing. They kept that open when during times of peace so people could freely move back and forth. But they would close that center gate and sometimes they would just have an individual, maybe a courier bringing news of the battlefront, maybe a general, maybe a politician who by himself could go through that obscure gate off to the side, that one small doorway. I think that's what Jesus has in mind here as he tells us about these two different kinds of gates. He tells us here in Matthew seven thirteen and 14, there's this broad gate and then, of course, this narrow gate. The broad gate, once again, leads to the broad road. The narrow gate leads to the narrow and small path. I think he had this idea, this little doorway off to the side, this little obscure gate that most people don't even notice as they're coming through. But that is the way that leads to the narrow road that leads to eternal life. You see, following Jesus Christ on the narrow path to heaven is always hard. It's never easy. It's a battle to keep our big mouths shut, isn't it? It's a battle to be patient. It's a battle to get rid of our anger and resentment. It's a battle to put others' needs above our own needs. It's a battle to maintain our sexual purity. It's a battle to keep our priorities straight. It's a battle to be kind to unkind people. It's a battle to take a stand for the unborn child and for biblical marriage and for the existence of only two genders, male and female, no others. When the world hates us, And calls us every name in the book when we take a stand for the things that matter to God. That is really, really hard. Nothing of any value in this life comes easy. And that's especially true when it comes to following Jesus Christ. William Barclay says it this way. There is never any easy way to greatness. Greatness is always the product of toil. Even when a thing is done with an appearance of ease, that ease is the product of unremitting toil. The skill of the musician on the piano or the champion player on the golf course did not come without sweat. There never has been any other way to greatness than the way of toil. And anything else which promises such a way is a delusion and a snare. That's pretty well said, isn't it? The New Testament speaks over and over again about how much of a struggle it is to follow Christ well. A few examples. Uh, Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 3. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says this. Uh, to the Christians uh, that are reading 1 Timothy. And he initially said it directly to this uh, young uh, trainee of his, Timothy himself. He said, fight the good fight 
of the faith. Don't forget those words, fight the good fight. He doesn't say just hang on there, take it easy. You know, it's not too hard. It's not too difficult. Just kind of breeze through your Christianity. No, fight the good fight. Then Paul says uh, to the church in Ephesus, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let me say this as clearly as I possibly can. If you go with the flow, you'll go to hell. I don't think I can say it any simpler than that. If you go with the flow, you'll go to hell. Going with the majority will never get you to heaven. Never. Walking through the small gate and traveling the narrow road to heaven is hard. Really, really hard. But Jesus says, travel that narrow road anyway. Do it anyway. So the first difference between the wide road and the narrow road is that the wide road is easy. The narrow road is hard. Second difference. The narrow road is the long road. The wide road is the short road. See, one of the results of the fall when sin entered the world, ever since the fall, we're always looking for shortcuts, aren't we? Think about it. We're always looking for shortcuts. When we were in high school, you know, the teacher in our English class would assign the scarlet letter. That's a boring book to read. I don't know. It's 400 pages or something. And so she'd assign the book and we asked that question. And if we were too embarrassed to ask it, some other goofball in our class would ask the question, is it okay if I watch the movie instead? And what is the teacher's response? No, you can't watch the movie instead. And so what do we do? We go out and get the Cliff's Notes or whatever version we can find, which is about one-tenth of the length of the actual book that tells us the best parts of it so that we think we can get away with it on the test. We always want a shortcut. We always want the path of least resistance. Uh, When we go to lose weight or, or get into shape, we prefer the path that's the easiest. How can I lose the most weight in the shortest amount of time with the least effort? Yeah, I'm hitting close to home with some of you, right? We want shortcuts. But don't forget this little nugget of truth. Nobody ever created a masterpiece by taking a shortcut. Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, Picasso, they weren't taking shortcuts, were they? You will never accomplish anything of great significance by taking a shortcut. You know what? God has called you to be a masterpiece in this life. He has not called you to be average. He's not called you to be pretty good and to do a really mm, pretty decent, mediocre job in life. He's called you to be a masterpiece. And so if you are called to be a masterpiece as a follower of Christ, you must try your very best to be that masterpiece that God has called you to be. And there are no shortcuts on the path to being a masterpiece. Traveling the wide road to destruction not only is easy, it's short. In fact, it's so short that you're already there. (laughs) Think about it. The Bible makes it clear that you and I are already dead in our sins. We're already spiritually destroyed. We're not on our way to destruction. We're already there. 
The shortest road in the world is the road to hell. We don't need to exert any effort to get there because we're already reserved for hell, aren't we? We don't need to exert any effort to get to hell. We've already made our reservation by doing all this sin in our lives that we've done. But the road to heaven, that's another story. The road to heaven is a long road. As we've been talking about recently, the kingdom of heaven is near. That is true. And we're bringing heaven to our little corner of the world. But you know what? Even though we're bringing some of the best parts of heaven to our little corner of the world right now, you and I both know in our heart of hearts we haven't arrived yet, have we? We haven't done all that God has called us to do. We've got a long way to go until our job is finished. Amen? You and I have done so many great things for Jesus Christ. We've done a lot of great work for the kingdom of heaven. But we still have a lot more work to do. We've come a long way in our faith, but we still have a long way to go, right? I haven't arrived yet, have you? We've still got a long way to go. The path to hell is easy. And the path to hell is short. The path to heaven is hard and long, but wouldn't you agree that as hard as it is to follow Christ well over the long haul, it is so, so worth it. There is joy in that hard and long journey that Jesus calls the narrow road. Well, we've looked at these two differences so far. The wide road, it is easy and it is short. Because we've already made our reservation for hell. It doesn't get any shorter than that. The narrow road is hard and it's a long road. Now let's look at the third difference. The narrow road is the disciplined road. The wide road is the undisciplined road. No one ever becomes valedictorian without discipline. No one ever builds a successful company without discipline. No one ever wins the NBA championship or the World Series, or the Super Bowl without discipline. It just doesn't happen. Nothing great is ever achieved. Nothing great is ever achieved without discipline. But untold millions of men and women have squandered their lives by being undisciplined and lazy. The wide road, don't miss this, the wide road is the lazy road. So, if you sleep too much, And work too little, guess which road you're probably on? Probably on the wide road. If you feed your face more than you feed your soul, guess which road you're most likely on? Most likely you're on the wide road. The wide road to hell is easy and short and it's lazy. The narrow road to heaven is hard and long. And requires discipline. Let me share with you a few powerful scriptures. God's word tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Paul also tells us in 1 Corinthians 9. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will what? That will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Finally, he says, 
over in Matthew chapter 7. And this here is the message paraphrase. So it's these two verses we've already been looking at today, but a paraphrase by Eugene Peterson, who writes the message. And I think it's pretty insightful. He writes, don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do, the way to life, the way to God is vigorous and requires total attention. That is really well said. The way to eternal life, the way to God is vigorous and requires total attention and discipline. Let me share with you the fourth difference between the wide road and the narrow road. The narrow road is the thoughtful road. The wide road is the thoughtless road. I want you to think about it. Because that wide road to destruction is the easy road and the short road and the undisciplined road, it is also the thoughtless road. It requires no thinking at all to go to hell, does it? Think about it. It doesn't require any thinking at all to go to hell. It's easy. You can check out your brain and you'll go there just the same. You don't have to think about what is right or wrong. You don't have to think about what is moral or immoral. You don't have to think about whether God approves or disapproves of your words or your actions or priorities. It doesn't matter. You don't have to think at all to go to hell. Just do whatever the hell you feel like doing. Don't think. Just follow your stomach and follow your lust. Oh, and follow your heart. Don't forget that one. By the way, the Bible never tells you to follow your heart. It tells you to follow the Word of God and follow the leading of God's Holy Spirit. Don't think about what God's Word says. Don't think about how much you're mocking God with your actions. And definitely don't think about the long-term consequences of your sin. Sadly, hell will be filled with more thoughtless people than we can count. If you don't like to think, then the wide road is perfect for you. But if you don't want to go to hell, if you don't want to take the path of least resistance, if you don't want to be on that wide road to destruction, Jesus says you're going to have to think And some of us would say, oh, no, it's summer. I don't like to think during the summer. The school year's over. I don't have to think until the fall semester. And Jesus says, no, it doesn't work that way. You can't be on the narrow road to heaven during the school year and on the wide road to hell during the summer. You've got to pick one road and stick with it. You've got to choose one road. You can't straddle both roads over the course of the year. If you you choose the narrow road, There's no way around it. It requires you to think. We live in a day and age when far too many people fail to consider the long-term consequences of their actions. Whether we're talking about addicts who get high or get drunk and then get behind the wheel of a car, not counting the cost and realizing they're going to kill someone on the road. Whether it's a married man or woman who chooses to live for a moment's pleasure and have a sexual affair with someone else. Not counting the cost, realizing they're going to destroy their marriage and possibly tear their family apart. How about young people that choose to have sex with anyone that they date? Not counting the cost, realizing that that path will likely lead to STDs and possibly could lead to sterility or even cancer. Far too many people hold on to anger 
and bitterness and unforgiveness, not realizing that Jesus teaches us right here in the Sermon on the Mount. If we are not willing to forgive others for their sins against us, he will not be willing to forgive our sins against him. We don't count the cost. We're short term thinkers. Far too many people live for the moment and they'll spend the rest of eternity regretting it. Well, here in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Jesus throws down the gauntlet and he says, choose people, choose one or the other. Option one is a wide road to hell. He has given you free choice. You can choose that path if you want. It's the easy path. It's the short path. It's the undisciplined path. And it's the path that doesn't require you to think at all about whether or not something pleases God. Option two is the narrow road to eternal life in heaven. That narrow route, that narrow path, I should say, that narrow road is not easy. It's hard. It's long. And it requires discipline and thoughtfulness. The choice is yours. But Jesus says you must choose. Remember, the Sermon on the Mount was primarily taught to Jesus' followers, but there were hundreds, if not thousands of others, curiously listening. And so Jesus throws out the gauntlet here and says, people, don't just listen. You have to choose. You have to choose. After Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land, he came to the end of his life. And at the age of 110, he gave this charge and this challenge to the people of Israel. He said, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But... If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I love that passage. We will serve the Lord. At the age of seven, I made the decision to put Jesus Christ in the driver's seat of my life. And follow Him as my Savior and Lord. I chose at the age of seven to walk the narrow road. And here, 40 years later, I'm still walking that narrow road. And I haven't regretted it for a minute. Oh, I hope and pray that every single one of you joins me in saying, To hell with the easy road. And with the short road. And with the undisciplined road. And with the thoughtless road. As for me and my house, we are going to travel the narrow road that leads to eternal life in heaven. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Oh, I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood and I. I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all. The difference. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for waking me up at a young age to the reality that I needed Jesus. Thank you for starting me through that narrow, small gate and down that narrow road. And there have been so many times in my life where that road seemed so hard and it seemed so long. And it required so much discipline and required so much thought. 
And my sinful self wanted me to abort and and jump on that wide road instead. But Lord Jesus, you have in your grace and faithfulness and mercy kept me on that narrow road that leads to eternal life in heaven. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy on me. I pray for everyone here who is on that narrow road that is kind of doubting whether or not that's the right path for them. Kind of like Robert Frost's friend that said, well, shoot, maybe I should have taken that other path after all. I pray that we would not look back. I pray that we would not be like a dog returning to its vomit, that we would press forward, O God, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Help us to continue on down that narrow road to eternal life. Lord, it will get hard. It will get long. It will require discipline. It will require thought. But help us, Lord, to put in the effort. Help us not to be lazy. Help us not to throw in the towel. Help us to persevere and run this race of the faith that you called us to run. And I pray if there's anyone here who is standing at the crossroads deciding whether or not to follow you for the very first time, that they would make that decision today to walk down that narrow path and count the cost, even though everyone in their family and everyone around them might be choosing the wide road. I pray they choose the narrow road because it is a path of joy and peace and salvation and eternal life. Lord, may each of us choose that path and bring as many people as possible on that path with us before you call us home to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is one of those simple but powerful passages. And I hope it's got your cranks turning. If it has, that's a wonderful thing. We've got to keep thinking and meditating on these truths of God that Jesus Christ is revealing to us. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to do that right now. It's not complicated. You just remember those ABCs. A, admit that you are a sinner. B, believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And C, choose to begin following Him today as your Savior and as the Lord of your life. Make that decision today. It's not complicated, but it's going to be hard. But it's the best hard decision you will ever make in your life. I guarantee it. If you made that decision to accept Christ, please reach out to one of our prayer counselors. Their name and phone numbers are on the screen below. You can reach out by phone or text, whichever is easier for you. Let them know that you've made a decision to accept Christ. And we'd love to talk with you about how you can be baptized, making it clear to God, the angels and anyone who's watching that you're serious about this decision to put Jesus Christ in the driver's seat of your life. Maybe you're already a Christian and you just need prayer. Feel free to reach out to one of our prayer counselors as well. They'd be happy to pray for you, whatever that need may be, and keep that prayer need confidential. You reach out if you have a prayer need or decision to make for Christ today. Or if you know this broadcast and this message in particular needs to be heard by someone that you know, I encourage you to be bold enough to share this service with them. Encourage them to come to YouTube or Facebook or to our church website and listen to this message. I think it will be a blessing to many that you know. Well, with that, I'm going to bring our service to a close. God bless you. Thank you for serving the Lord faithfully each and every week. Live for Him. Bring Him honor and glory. And make sure that you bring heaven to your little corner of the world. God bless you. And we'll see you next week.